gathering and just see God restoring, um, bringing us back to freedom. So I want to ask that we all stand this morning because I believe that something supernatural is going to happen here in this place today and I can't make it happen and even the eldership team can't manufacture anything and the best worship team in the world cannot create the right atmosphere for what I believe is going to happen in this place. I didn't even hear one amen there. I believe Jesus wants to do something in this place this morning. And I want us to pray for each other that our eyes will be opened, that our ears will be opened, that our hearts will be opened, and that our spirits will be opened to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a congregation this morning. I'm excited because I, I know Durbanville people are here as well, so it's like God is going to shift two congregations this morning, I believe. Amen. But let's pray. Let's just put your hand on your neighbor, and I will pray and pray for each other. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we know that the Word of God is like a seed that is sown that can fall in many different places. God, this morning I pray as your Word is preached, as your Son is proclaimed, God, that the seed will fall in the right place, in the pleasant place. And even as it's been raining this morning, God, I want to pray that the rain of your Spirit will fall on us this morning, God, to refresh us, to cleanse us, to fill us, and to germinate the seed of your Word in us, God, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to flood this place today, God, and that you will come and reveal yourself in this place and shift us, God, and change us, transform us. Lord, I pray for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I always get so thirsty. So usually when I have to minister the word, I go away by myself for three days just for silence and reflection and meditation and to study the word and to read my commentaries and things. Uh, can we please put the first uh, photo up there? So that was this morning, 5 o'clock, when I'm supposed to be preparing my preach. And I have like a six-month-old toddler and a three-and-a-half-month, well, six-month baby. And a three-year-old toddler playing Legos and pulling each other's hair and screaming and shouting and all of these things. And... Um, it's such a fitting, uh, I think, way for me to start this morning because there's this busyness of life, isn't there? I mean, the world is full of demands and pressures and things um, and noise and distractions. Um, and, but yet here we are in the church this morning because we believe in one we cannot see, we cannot touch with our hand. I cannot say he is here or he is here. I cannot bring you and say, look, there he is. But he's here. Amen. I believe with all my heart, Jesus is here in our midst this morning. And I believe that he wants to lift our gaze today. So that we will see him in the everyday, in the busy, in the pressure, in the meetings, 
and all of these things. Amen. Isn't that hard? Don't you guys find it hard sometimes to find God? You know, where is He? In the midst of the month where everything breaks and you need the dentist, the plumber, the new windshield and all of these things, finances. And I believe, like with all of my heart, that God is busy working among us. He is busy working in the world, believe me. And I'm standing here this morning, not as a, a representative of a church or a leader, but as a witness of something that I've seen. I'm a witness of a kingdom. It's invisible. You cannot say it's here or there, but it's real and it's powerful. And there's one who is head of this kingdom. He's Lord over all. And I believe he wants to reveal himself in this place this morning. I mean, he wants us to lift our gaze up from our challenges, up from the noise, away from the things that keep us down, that keep us away. Jesus wants us to see him this morning. Amen. I mean, I see so much evidence. Who sees evidence of God working and moving? I mean, aren't we hearing testimonies? If you, are, if you have testimonies, you have to testify. You have to say, they prayed for me, this happened. Like we trusted God and this happened. We have to tell people what's happening. We have to share with others what God does because He's revealing Himself. He's revealing His glory in this place. He's revealing His glory in the world. Amen. And we have to testify because the testimony helps our brother and our neighbor and the one that is struggling. And... Um, I believe there's just so much evidence of God working. God is doing signs and wonders and miracles. Who believes that? I mean, in the last month, I've heard of people that have been physically healed. I've heard of people that have been set free. I've heard of, you know, miraculous breakthrough in finances. Seen with my own eyes, I've heard with my own ears. I'm not talking about secondhand accounts or reading in books. I mean, Jesus is doing things amidst normal believers. It's not some special prophet or pastor or apostle. Normal saints living their lives together. Normal, just going to church, going to community, eating together, praying together, worshiping together. Sharing their lives. And then we hear, like, people get healed, people get saved, people get transformed. And I believe that God doesn't just, who's got a Bible, yeah? I didn't bring mine. Just hold it up. I don't believe the God of the whole universe just expects us to read a book and just believe a book. Okay, without evidence that the book we read is the real one. Because every faith has a book. And everyone will tell you, well, our book is the book. 
I believe the author of the greatest love story in creation bears witness to his story with the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I forget, I felt the Lord say this to me. He said, tell my people I love them. You must hear that this morning. Don't know where you're at, what you're going through, but the Lord sees you. He wants you to know that He loves you. And I believe that something is happening. I believe God is reaching out. He's reaching down and He's um, reaching into our lives. I want to say some of our lives, but all of our lives. I believe all the time. But I believe some people here specifically, God is reaching out to you. You may have been feeling or hearing or experiencing that call. Might even be uncomfortable to you. But there's a stirring inside of you. Amen. I don't have to ask for hands. I know. I know in some of us there's a stirring deep inside Put on Psalm 42 for me, please. It says this, that deep cries out to deep, calls to deep, amidst the roar of his waterfalls. I believe something spiritual happening here where God's spirit is reaching into our spirit and he's pulling us, he's drawing us He's calling us. Sometimes He's provoking us, challenging us. My question this morning, and we can each answer for ourselves, are we hearing Him? Are we hearing God calling us? Do we feel that? Can we feel that influence on our lives? Like you know, like sometimes you feel uncomfortable because you know, I need to do something. I don't want to do it. And I believe that God is on the move. Here in our congregation, I believe in Durbanville and throughout our church that I'm very thankful for, but throughout the whole world, because the whole planet is being shaken. And I believe in this time God is reaching out to people and He's calling them. Some is calling back, some is calling in, some is calling out of their brokenness or out of their bondage. Some is calling to just look up, forget about the latest trend on Facebook or the latest conspiracy theory, the latest theological argument or debate. Forget that stuff, man. It's debatable matters, it's just distractions, it's just noise. You can examine those things and study them. If you really get down to it, the Spirit of Jesus isn't at work there. The Holy Spirit isn't there. The Holy Spirit is here. Are we reaching out to each other? Are we bearing witness to Jesus? Amen. Are we encouraging others in the faith? And um, my title this morning 
is beholding the glory of God and responding. Because I believe that Jesus is revealing His glory to us in many different ways. But actually we do not either identify it, we do not see, we don't realize it, or we don't respond. Amen. And what happens when we behold the glory of God? Who would like to answer? We're amazed. Someone else? Sebastian? What happens? Yes. Captivated. It transforms us. Humbles us. Does something. I want to say I'm so proud of Sebastian. I just have to say that. Just watching him in the last year of his life. I've seen such a growth, a going forward in God and a transformation in Him. I mean, we've also seen that. It's evidence of Jesus. That's Jesus is revealing His glory on Sebastian's life. We can go, just Sebastian. He just jumped on the stage, should be funny. Actually heard God challenging to, to do something. He was obedient and he did it. I don't know what it broke open for somebody else. But that's Jesus revealing his glory. Amen. I don't think we often have these conversations. Because we come to church and all we see is people. Like we have encounters but we only see people. We don't see Jesus. In our midst. We don't see God's spirit actually in that person. If we do, and if we start to see the glory of God in each other, it will change the way we look at each other, the way we talk about each other, the way we love each other, the way we support each other. And the world is feeding us streams of information that would drop our guys to only what we have here, only what we see here, only what we can touch, only what we can own, only what we need to have to make our life amazing. I mean, our, our phones are recording us and feeding the algorithm to decide what we will see the next time we log in. And there's a massive temptation right now, as it was right in the beginning, for us to be taken captive by that thing, for us to be taken captive by the world. Amen. But I have come here as a witness of something, say that Jesus Christ is alive. The power of sin and death is broken. Even if I get struck down right now, death has no sting. Amen. On Ascension Day, I had the amazing privilege to have communion with my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. In my, the church that I grew up in, I had to like go through the whole of Sunday school and then do like a test and like... 
had to deal with a little discipline issue, and then finally they said, okay, well, you can be a, a member of the church. But they never asked me if I knew Jesus, or if I was born again, or anything of that. Then I had to sit there in the front, and then you, it wasn't real. But somewhere, I don't know when or how, my three-year-old daughter got saved. Yeah, somehow. We don't know when it happened because we just started worshiping in the bath by herself or repenting at night because she was naughty at school and things like that. I mean, it doesn't fit the program because God is here. God is in this place. He's moving, He's working, He's doing things. Supernatural things are happening. Amen. We just have to see it. We have to testify what's happening, what He's doing. Celebrate it. And give Him glory. You know what happens when we, when we do these things, when we start to share testimonies of miracles? You know what happens? Miracles happen. More and more and more. If you start sharing testimonies of people getting healed, more people get healed because the atmosphere changes. Faith arises. Other people, well, I also have a testimony. I just didn't share it. God did this. Now people are coming forward. It happens. It's real. Who's ever seen these uh, videos of the miracle crusades where people have these hundreds of thousands of people and crippled and lame and blind and deaf, have you seen? They'll have a four or five day crusade, preach the gospel every single day, pray for every single person that wants prayer every day. And that little video that you see is like the next day this happened, the next day this happened, the next day this happened, and then people are getting out of wheelchairs, the blind see, the deaf hear, the crippled and lame walk. Not because the preacher is powerful, but because they're acknowledging what God is doing. You know? Ah! Wednesday night, come again. Ah! Had such a tough week. But what about Jesus? What about, I can't wait to get to come tonight. I wonder what God is going to do. I'm going to pray before I go. Lord, I trust you. Do something. Do something, Lord. Give us evidence that you are with us. Give me, give me evidence that you are in my community, that you are really there. Two or three. We are more than two or three. Do something, Jesus. My life is filled with foolish little prayers like that. People will laugh at me if they see my prayer life. But they cannot laugh at the testimonies. Because God answers the foolish little prayers of people that come asking Him to believe of, for Him to do things. Amen. The world we live in, 1 Corinthians 8, 5, it says this. There are maybe so-called gods in heaven and on earth. And indeed, there are many gods and many lords. So in this world, there are many little gods and many people that think they are Lord. 
And people are bowing down to many different things. And giving themselves to these things. Yet for us, there is one God, our Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. Everything for Him. Everything through Him. Because of the one we behold. In our com, in our congregation, in the early morning prayer meeting, in the social time when it's just coffee and we don't even look at the Bible, we don't even pray, we just fellowship. God's glory is there in our midst. If we can see it, if we can recognize it. You know, I was privileged to get an uh, invite to Ulrich's housewarming. You know what I saw when I walked in there? A manifestation of the kingdom. Because in this world, you will be taught you have to stick with your own people. The, the, the way of the world, you separate it by class, by gender, by race, family, whatever. But in the kingdom, we are one people. Different tribes, different tongues, different skin colors from different nations. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have. You are welcome in his house. And I went to his house last night. That's what I saw. Young, old. All different, but all in unity. All with joy. And we worship together. And I ate pizzas and all of these things. Man, you know what? Jesus was pleased with that. I saw his glory there last night. And that was amazing. I believe that the whole earth will be covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. But we just don't realize what it looks like. We want the fire to fall here like a lightning strike in the worship service and all weep on the floor. I live for that. I pray for that almost every day. <laughs> but that's not the only way He's revealing His glory. I believe He wants to reveal His glory in some of our marriages here. That a year from now, people will look at marriages and say, you know what? That was on the brink of death, but look now, there's life and peace and joy and unity and intimacy, restoration and blessing. Now that transformed marriage is coming along others, other marriages. Don't worry. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't go to the lawyers. We were there. We had given up hope. But God broke in. Transformed it. Amen. I see so much evidence of God's power at work in lives, in people's lives. Some people don't even realize it. I watch people's lives and I see that God's working there, God's working there. It's amazing. You know, 
who likes the Old Testament prophets? Like, aren't they like the examples? Like, yes, Elijah <laughs> or Moses. Or and um, we can often, 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 often look at those guys like those were, those were the guys that really knew their God. You know, Jesus said this about John the Baptist. He was the greatest man ever born of women, the greatest prophet who ever lived. And our children here are greater than him. Because they were just looking forward to what we have. It says that prophets and kings yearned to have what we have, to see what we see, to hear what we hear, because they didn't have this. They had the spirit on one man or one leader or a group of prophets, not like the little kids running around in the sanctuary getting saved somehow, having real relationship with Jesus like before four years old. I'm talking about real. I'm not talking about them just playing there in the class. The kids are getting saved here. I mean, we have to acknowledge that. We have to believe that they can have a capacity to know God, to encounter the Holy Spirit, to be changed. You know, my life, I lived a different life. Uh, I experienced Everything that this life has to offer, and at the end of it, I was a broken shell of a person, like crushed in spirit and defeated and depressed. Uh, I rejoice to see that our children can have something different. I mean, that can grow up in this grace. I took this note down. I said, does the revelation of God still take our breath away? Or is it just, ah, service was okay. Six out of ten, there was one testimony, a little bit of prophecy in the worship. Worship didn't quite hit it. Hmm? Or are we finding God in this place? Feeling His presence even now. Do we get moved by Him? Does He move us? Does He inspire us when we come here? Do we get hungry for Him? For His presence? Do we hear His voice in this place? Preaching of His Word? Do we see His Spirit? Are we beholding Him? Or are we just seeing meetings and people? I believe that Jesus is drawing us this morning. Amen. Who can feel him drawing? I believe he's drawing us. I believe he's calling us to deeper places in him. I believe that some of us know that. I've known it for a long time, actually. And I believe that he wants to reveal his glory in this place this morning. And transform us. I'm not talking about changing your own behavior. I went to rehab three times, and I 
was part of Narcotics Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous in my youth and even a leader in that organization. And you know what I learned there? People don't have the power to set themselves free. They don't have the power to really change their own behavior, except with extreme, continuous counseling. But most people don't. They don't have the power. I didn't have the power. And that's why I believe God is going to come to inspire us to look up, to look to Him and to behold Him. And as we behold Him, He's going to change us. And that is the thing that will transform our lives. I want us to just look at Luke 9, verse 28. And this is the story of Jesus taking James and John and Peter up onto the mountain. 28, is that the one? Yes. It says, he took them up onto a high mountain, and as he was praying, his appearance was altered, and his face started to shine. And his clothing became dazzling white. And then Moses and Elijah um, was talking with him. Who loves that story? I love it. That's like up there with the favorites. You know, the other gospel says that he was transfigured. But this is, is the only one. Luke is the only one that says that as he was praying, his appearance changed. So... As he was praying, he was transfigured. And this is like one of my most favorite words. I'm not like a Greek uh, scholar, but I, I search the word sometimes. The word for transfigured is metamorpho. It's where we get metamorphosis from. Um, from. Almost got some Afrikaans slipping out there. <laughs> I'm still being changed, okay? <laughs> it says this, basically. Jesus was metamorpho while he was praying, and his appearance changed. So he was changing form, and it, it means this. He was changed by being with. While he was praying. So he was changed by being with God. Amen. That's what it means. So we can come into this place this morning. After my word. And worship. And come into the presence of God. And be changed by being with him. And leave this place different. And that's what I'm hungry for. Because I didn't just come here for a meeting or just to share. I have to share, so it's a good reason to come. But I've come for more than that. I'm, I'm hungry to experience God's presence today. I'm hungry to see the evidence that He is really here. And that there is one Lord and one God, one Father. His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we gather like that, He is here.
And I want to see more testimonies like Sebastian and so many other people. Paul, last year to now, just see a, a burning on that life. But this is just a drop in the bucket because the prophetic word is God is coming like a mighty roaring river that's going to sweep everything out of the way. Amen. And that's what we are hungry for, an outpouring of God's power and presence in this place. I believe that we can create an atmosphere of faith where people will come in and just be set free by sitting in the chair. I've already heard that happen once this year. So I think I when we were there in the little dirty classroom where Dave is preaching this morning. And Lord, I pray for Dave right now. God, I pray as he ministers your word that your power will be present there to heal, to inspire, to fill with the Holy Spirit, to set free, to break the power of witchcraft in that area in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for, for wonders and signs, God, and salvations in that place in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for, for sending Dave there today. I want to pray that your glory will come down. We would see that in Kailicha. Things would just happen from people that don't know anything. How was the service? No, it was good. Um, like my leg was sore when I came, but I don't need my crutch anymore. I can just walk home. Wonderful. Who prayed for you? No one. I felt uh, one of the last sermons there. I had to teach about the Ark of the Covenant. How do you explain that to, <laughs> through an interpretator in, to a Kosa culture? So we had a little cardboard box with two broomsticks. This is the box, and there's angels and God's fires on the box. You know? <laughs> Altar call. People come to the front, kneel with their faces on the dirty floor, and weep. Because God's revealing His glory. It's revealing His presence. And this is the promise for us, new covenant believer. If you are saved, if you know Jesus, I don't know where you are at right now. But this is the promise that this life is a progressive life. You don't have to stay the same. You don't have to stay the way you are. Because the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We know the Scriptures, but do we have freedom? And we all with unveiled faces, because of the blood of Jesus, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, metamorphu into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And this isn't from the elders. It's not from the community leaders. It's not from the deacons. It's not from Andrew. It's not from Martin. It's not from Rian. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. 
I lived my life many years bound in the chains of addiction, alcoholism, and many things. Tried to be better, tried to change my own life. I didn't have the power. And you know what God does? He takes foolish things and uses them for His glory. I'm the foolish thing. I said a simple little salvation prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. With my eyes closed, suddenly it felt like there was a light that switched on inside of me, like a golden glow, like just... Felt the warm, peaceful presence of the Holy Spirit come into me as I was born again and saved. I was switched on immediately. I knew I'm deceived. I don't know anything. The Bible is the only truth. Jesus is the only way. Now I will give myself to the church in the first second of salvation. Because I had a glimpse. It was like a little spirit. Spark, a little divine spark of God's glory came into my life and just went boom. It got my attention, it woke me up, it filled me with questions. How does this work? How did I miss this? How do you learn? How do you grow? How do you hear Him? How do you find His presence? How do you come into His presence? How does all of these things work? Like, I, I, a hunger was deposited in me. That has never gone away. People would say this to me. Oh, Martin, it's okay. You know, we were all like that in the beginning. It's going to be fine. God will just level you out. You can ask my wife behind my back if God leveled me out. This comes a responsibility of how we present ourselves so that people don't think that we are crazy. Okay? We have wisdom so that we can engage with different people in different places to reach them. Paul said, by all, I become all things to all men so that by all means I may save some of them. But behind the closed door, early in the morning, I'm unbalanced before God. I'm hungry for God. I'm crying out to God. I'm seeking for Him. Amen. And this is what I believe the Lord wants to deposit a fresh hunger in us. Amen. The things for His kingdom. But also He wants to open our eyes so that we will see Him moving in our midst. We will see His glory. And we will start to celebrate that. That person came to church. That person came back to church. That person got saved. That person got baptized. That person opened up their life to me. They confessed what they are struggling with. I mean, that's the glory of God. I had the privilege to sit with my brother-in-law this week. And we could sit. How, How am I doing? How are you doing? What do you see? Praying together, praying for the business, talking, speaking into each other's lives, auditing our families. When we prayed, I felt God's presence in the office in a real way. Amen. He, 
if we see the glory of God in these things, we will, we will find the wonder. And, and sometimes language is the thing that trips us up. Who's heard the, the term clappuccino? I saw it on a WhatsApp group, so I thought I'll use that. Clappuccino. Who's ever had one? I'll tell you a funny story quickly. <clears throat> Potential leader training in Sunningdale. I sat in the training of how to do the clappuccino. And the next day, two elders had a coffee with me. <laughs> so I just burst out laughing. Oh, Martin, you know we love you. Like, oh, I was there last night. I know how you do it. Sometimes even the language like that, I mean, we are free and we laugh and we can make jokes and there's room for all of that. But if we think a leader meeting with somebody for a coffee is just to clap them, we don't see that it's Jesus has called leaders to be overseers over people and he's giving them his heart He's giving them, him, them re, uh, revelation, keys, and the Spirit of God in that leader is reaching out into your life because God wants to minister to you, encourage you, and correct you. And sometimes we have to be corrected. It's to transform you. I mean... It's actually a holy thing. We should welcome it. We should be thankful. Thank you, God, that I'm not an orphan, that you love me so much that you will actually get somebody to, to, to speak into the blind spot, to speak into what I don't see, to speak into my weakness. Amen. Maybe we can have the worship team up here. I want something happy, okay. <laughs> I felt to say this, that I came here this morning and that this isn't so much a preach as a prophetic message, okay? I really feel that's what God is saying to us, that He's calling us to deeper places in Him, to behold Him, to seek Him. Maybe to turn back to Him, to turn away from things. Whatever it may be, it will be many different things in a congregation or a meeting like this. But I believe God is calling out to us and He's drawing us. Amen. Who witnesses with that? If that's really prophetic, my word should be able to be weighed. Those, the others who are full of the Spirit should be able to weigh it up and say, is that God or is that just Martin saying something? But I really believe it is God. But the key is this. We have to behold His glory. We have to behold Him. big part of this morning was 
a release of a word, God speaking to us through His word. But there is a choice that we have to make. How do we respond to what we've just heard? Amen. And how do we continue to respond going forward? Because that is the spirit-filled life. One degree of glory to another, to another, to another, to another. A spirit-filled life so that you are so burnt up that all they can see at the end of it is Jesus. Testimony of Jesus. When you leave this earth, that's what they will remember. A testimony of Jesus. Maybe we can stand. There was uh, oil at the back there. Is it still there? Can somebody please bring that to me? seen this thing stand there on the counter it's always there by the sound desk actually seen it standing there being convicted like when last did I say to somebody come here let me anoint you with oil and I'm going to trust God to do a miracle in your life I had the privilege to go with the sign to pray for somebody the last two months God raised the person from a coma so what is possible here this morning if we worship if we see him if we behold him if we lay our hands on one another we pray for each other what is possible here right now I see abled body people here that was a person unresponsive couldn't breathe couldn't move what's possible here right now in this moment I don't know what it's going to look like but I'm going to put this oil down here on the stage and elders whoever will be here in the front and we're going to worship and respond to God and you do and respond and repent or do whatever you have to do I don't know what you have to do and if you want somebody to pray with you, if you want a leader, you can come to the front. If you want a neighbor to pray for you, then you just turn to a person next to you. But I want to ask this. This was the word that God would reveal His glory in this place. I want to pray that uh, we will not grieve His presence, but that we would respond to Him this morning.